hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. I am very excited today because I have two separate guests on two separate screens. Uh, David Maskell, who everybody knows already. Say hello, David. Hello. Everyone knows me. Yeah. Whether, whether they want to or not. Exactly. Your, your screen actually says Mrs. Remington. Of course. That's what I've changed it by Depot. That's officially my name now. And we have. I'll come, a, I'll come into a limousine. I'll, next time I do one of these, I'll, I'll turn up in limousine, have champagne. Oh, you surely will, honey. You surely will. Uh, and we have our very, very special. I'm calling you a royal guest, Mr. Harrison Lake. Say hello, Harrison. Hello. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing good. Royal guest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I determined that. All right. All right. <laughs> Harrison, what are we going to watch tonight? We are watching Doctor Who, The End of Time, Part 1. Did, did you choose that, or did we, or did I? I think it was it was a consensus. There was a consensus here. Wow. <laughs> uh, the End of Time, which is... Let's, I'm let's... looking very suspicious, can I just say, that when Harrison said that, I didn't pick it. I think, <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> consensus, um, David, come on. Sorry. What, what do you imagine <laughs> the general opinion in fan circles is of The End of Time? Uh, Harrison. General opinions? Um, oh, do you mean general fans or Doctor Who fans? Uh, I actually, I think there's two very different opinions there, isn't it? For this, there's, or... yeah, there's very, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, we're looking down two different roads. I think generally it's regarded positively, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I haven't seen the episode in a long time, so I, uh, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. David, what's what's your before we go into this? What's your general opinion of the end of time oh my i like this one but i think a lot of people think that it's the last ever doctor episode ever made probably really because i know a lot of people stop watching <laughs> the 50th anniversary i don't know why but no i i enjoy this one and i don't know though you know I, I kind of feel like um people were kind of on the road with matt smith and then departed when capaldi came along I think with every regeneration, um, when there's a new Doctor along, there is going to be that drop-off. And then it gets built up again over time, because then you get new fans coming in, or you get old fans who are like, oh, I'm I'm not sure on this Doctor. And then as they're watching, they're like, "Mm, okay, he's he's all right. And then by the end of their first season, they're like, yeah, I can can get behind this guy. This (laughs) is the Doctor. Well, the weird thing with Jodie Whisker was when she came along, there was a huge spike, like massive interest. Like she shot up to like, I don't know what it was. Was it 12 million? Something like that. Something huge. The show hadn't been there for quite some time. But then immediately it started hemorrhaging, which is really sad. Yeah, it started going downhill a bit. I think it started dropping off. I can see after the ghost monument why. That's all <gasps> I'm going to one liner. <laughs> I am a huge advocate for Jodie Whisker. I was not here at all. No, I love Jodie Whisker, it's not the ghost monument. Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very, very boring. Um, but what is not boring, however, is the end of time part one, which we're going to skip into now. Um, are you both ready? Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm shaking my head like the master, but I'm ready. Oh, gosh, that is a a, a very interesting cliffhanger, isn't it? All right, then. I will count us in in five, four, three, two, 
one. Oh, let's go. Oh, and now uh, we need a bit of sound. Here we go. That is Timothy Dalton's voice, and that is a hell of a guest star. James Bond. Hmm. Isn't he like the narrator in this? Don't they say like? Yeah, but I don't understand. Like he 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 does this whole thing about like uh, the end of the earth on Christmas Day. It doesn't actually happen. Oh, he's got a lovely voice, though, hasn't he? Are you, are you much of a Bond fan, Harrison? A Bond fan? I'm not. I'm not a big James Bond fan. Although, to be fair, I've only seen some of the um, uh, the newer ones, and I just yeah, just wasn't my cup of tea. Do you know, I'm I'm exactly with you. I've seen two of the. Who's the latest one? Daniel Craig. I've seen two. Daniel of Craig, yeah. But the old ones I haven't seen any at all. To which I'm told I'm I'm not appropriately British for that. <laughs> As if that's the standard. What do we all think about Bernard Cribbins then? Oh, love him. Do you know, I'm just watching him going, I love him. <laughs> like I, I, I actually love him so much. I remember when this was announced that he was coming back. Because I always thought, oh, it's such a shame that they never did more with this character in a way. Like I know he obviously he was a regular, but I always thought, oh, it would be so nice to have him be an assistant. And then and then I remember when they said, oh, he's coming back for the final, I was like, yes. Because <laughs> he's so good. Well, he has that weird ability that whenever he cries, I cry. So you may see me cry oh, quite God. a bit while we're watching this. It breaks my heart, honestly. Oh, okay. Harrison, I'm going to ask you this question. What the hell is this all about with the TARDIS in the stained glass window? Uh, that is a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very, I have no idea. Explain it. And whilst, yeah, in fact, I'm going to just keep asking you to explain the plot. Who is this woman? <laughs> Who the hell is that woman? Well, didn't they, wasn't it like suggested that this was supposed to be like the doctor's mother? Like it was never confirmed, but it was like, Internet? I I don't I don't remember the specifics. In episode two, there's a bit where um, Will says, "Who was that woman who keep turning up?" And then there's a shot of the Doctor looking at Donna and Sylvia, and so it's like mother daughter. I, I think I, so. I think that's like your hint. Hmm. Or maybe it's Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> but like David, Sylvia's David. a time lord. You, you know who everybody is, David. Who is Claire Bloom? What's she done? Oh, oh God! Here we go. I'm going. I'm going to go all nerdy now. Go on. We're going to find. No, she. I mean, she was just a very well-known like film actress. I think in the sixties and seventies. I mean, I remember when this went out. My mum was like, "Oh, it's Claire Bloom," and I sort of smiled and said yes, and probably was too busy looking at Bernard. <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm a bit of a yeah. Bit of a weirdo, isn't it? When I talk about my love for Bernard Cribbins. No, I don't think so. Like, Jesus, I fell in love with him in the Wombles. Yeah. Oh, man. And that Forshi Towers episode as well. Okay, so, Harrison, you've seen a lot of new series Doctor Who. Why really? is this Why is this the best title sequence? <laughs> question is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so some of them are really whenever, whenever I think of Doctor Who, I just think of this title sequence because it was the first 
it was just the first title sequence I'd seen from Doctor Who, and yeah, it's just it's very nostalgic for me. Did you come in a rose? Is that where you started? I started with the rose, yeah. And were you were you just like bowled over with that first season? Did you immediately love it? Oh my god! I to this day it is still my favourite favourite piece of Doctor Who content. I love that first season. How did you how did you get into it? Like, was your were your mum and dad like, oh, I used to watch this, let's watch it, or did you just sort of stumble? It was it? it was my dad who he I think he read the newspaper one day and was like, oh, look at this. Doctor Who's coming back, and I was like, I don't know what that is. Was, oh, you love it. It's space, space aliens and stuff. And I'm like, okay, sure. And yeah, sitting down, I wasn't really expecting much. And then suddenly, mannequins attacking people. I was like, dustbins eating Mickey. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm into this. I know. Oh, crazy stuff. Like, during that first series, I, I was like, I was totally on board. I think it's when the Dalek episode hit. And I was like, mm. this is really, yeah. really good stuff. And then by the end of the season, the um, the two-part ender, where he regenerates, oh, that was just brilliant. Oh, my God. That, that two-part ender gets me every time. Just, like, oh, don't you feel like like, like there is there is the odd thing about um, Doctor Who season enders tend to be a little bit disappointing. And that first season, they got it, like, spot on. Oh, yeah, no, they, they did. I mean... <laughs> They did, yeah, they built up the, yeah, that, I don't know what to say for that. Um, I'm going to ask both yeah. both of you boys, actually, um, what your uh, general uh, feelings are around David Tennant as the Doctor. And I'm going to start with David. Oh, uh, is that because my name starts as David? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, no, I like him. I mean, he's not my, he's not my favourite Doctor, but he he's somewhat, you know, he's, he's a Doctor that I can sit down and watch and enjoy and, and, like you were saying earlier, like when he was doing it, it was like everybody watched Doctor Who. It was the program that people watched on a Saturday night just before Strictly Come Dancing. Sort of, it, it, he was the one in a way that made it popular. Not that I'm saying Chris Ferguson didn't, because he, you know, he was the one that he had the biggest job of bringing it back and making it work, mm. and he did, and he did an amazing job. But I think David Tennant was sort of there was so much pressure I, you know what I mean so much pressure for him to get it right because he yeah. was the one taking over a bit like Patrick Troughton yeah with the second doctor um but yeah no I know I do I do like you David I think he's I think he was he was a really really good choice and also he was a fan that was the other thing like he's just one of us mm. I mean I know there's that story that he tells that um, when Sarah Jane walked in for the first read-through and she sort of sat down thinking, no one's going to know who I am. And he just sort of went over to him and was like, it's Sarah Jane, oh my God. Like, you know, just, Which is what anyone, any one of us would have done if we'd you know, if we seen her. I, I literally, I did a, um, a podcast on School Reunion yesterday and so I watched it yesterday morning. And that bit where he first sees her in there, it, there's no acting going on there at all. That is literally no, David Tennant no. reacting to this sleep. And like Harrison, that, that last scene... That gets me every time. Like, like with the series one finale with you, that last scene where she says goodbye to him, it's like, oh god. What you trying to suggest that David Tennant saying, "I don't want to go," doesn't have the same effect? We'll wait till it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Harrison? Were you on board with David Tennant? So, when I was watching Doctor Who for the first time, I didn't know about the regeneration thing until it happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the Doctor could do that. So when it happened, it was a bit of a shock. And I was kind of, 
I did feel like Rose in that instance where I was like, I'm not sure on this person, but then by the end of his first episode, I was like, okay, I'm on board with this guy. This is this is the same guy. This is the same man. They did that really well, didn't they? Well, you know how they wrote him out in the Christmas episode, and then at the end he comes along, and he's like charismatic and smart and funny, and I, I don't know how you can not not like him by the end of that one. Oh my, it's, it's the master. It's a bit like Matt Smith with me. I mean, I remember when Matt Smith first appeared, and I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure about him. And then within about ten minutes of the first episode, I was like, yeah, he is. He, that's that's the Doctor. David, why do you do this? You know how I feel about Matt Smith. Yeah, I know you don't like Matt Smith. No. I'm just. <laughs> I will say it did take it, it did take me longer to get onto Matt Smith than it did with David Tennant. But I think it's because of these two episodes. That's why it took me a little bit longer. Oh, okay. What? Well, because how it ended? How uh, part two ends? There's something like in part two. There's um, I'm skipping right ahead to the end. But you know they sort of do that whirlwind. <laughs> Spoiler alert! If you've not seen it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you've had ten fucking years to watch this. All right. Um, oh no! Don't say that. Don't say it was ten years. Ten years. Wow. Do you know a friend of mine Ooh. says to me? Uh, so he runs a Doctor Who club at school. He's a teacher, and he says like, "Oh yeah, you know when you watch the old ones." And he's thinking they're talking about the classic series, and they're not. They're talking about like series one, which oh, makes me feel very oh. old. Do you know no. the funny thing about series one was is is watching it now and seeing things like mobile phones, which oh yeah. Yeah, at the time we're like, oh my god, Rose has got a mobile phone, and you look at it and it's like a brick. Whereas now we're so used to touch screens, it's really weird. You think, oh, that was only what? I mean, I was, I was saying to someone the other day, I was like, oh, I remember watching Rose when it went out live, and they were going, oh, what, you were alive then? And I was thinking, thanks, thanks. <laughs> that really makes me feel a lot better, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, why is David Tennant running right now? What's going on? There's a lot of hustle and bustle, but we've talked all over it, so we don't actually know what's yeah, happening. We, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for some reason, the master is entering people's dreams. I'm not entirely sure That's right. how he's doing that. With blonde hair as well. Yeah, with blonde hair. So when the master was written out at the end of series three and someone picked up his ring, is that supposed to be yeah, the, was, the prison that was, that, Yeah, that was the lady you just saw. Yeah, she's, right. yeah. Who has absolutely no lines whatsoever. No. Who? See, she doesn't have much to do. I think she gets eaten in a minute, so that's a very thankless role. <laughs> I did. I really like Lucy Saxon in the two episodes at the end of series three, where she. It was really kind of dark, wasn't it? Because she had like a, a, a slight bruise under her eye, and it was kind of leaning into this kind of domestic abuse relationship with her and the master. Yeah. Whereas here, I don't think she survives very long, does she? Spoiler. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Hazel. What were you? No. What were you saying? Uh no. I was gonna say I do. I did like her in the um, at the end of series three. I, I'm glad they brought her back. I'm glad they brought her back for this. It feels like an end. Well, I don't know. Is it like, you know, well, I think on that a little bit more. And into her arc. I know what you mean. It, it was, it's a nice sort of nod, as it were. Yeah. Even though she literally is about to 
be killed at any minute. Oh, it's Crippens again. Spoilers, David. Spoilers. Oh, my word. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Actually, she's turning up on the TV. She's turning up in the church. She has special powers, this woman. I think it's one of those things with her that they never quite said, did they? It was kind of like, oh, it's up to your interpretation who she is. How, yeah, they, we were, how does she keep turning up everywhere, though? Like, yeah, psychic psychic reasons, time uh, science. <laughs> that's exactly what Stephen Moffat would write in a script, you know, Harrison. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, time Lord Wibbly. Don't get, don't get, don't get Joe started on Stephen Moffat. Otherwise, it'll be the whole episode gone. Then. Oh, I see. Oh, we but, should watch some Stephen Moffat episodes. Oh, let's do that. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> no, there's some I like. Um, so they needed Lucy, didn't they? Because they needed some DNA. Yeah, the way they go about this doesn't seem very sciencey. It seems more like magic. Yeah, it's very Harry Potter, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm no expert on the matter, but surely the DNA from him would have rubbed off. Because I'm guessing this is what? It's supposed to be a year later or so? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I must have I'm no scientist, but surely DNA would have disappeared after... I don't yeah. know. Now, I mean, I don't know she, might, she might have been out with other people. Oh. She might have been on a few <laughs> yeah. You just get random bits of DNA in there. Stuff. Oh my, John Sims news. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, someone completely different just turns out. That's not the master. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Oh, I'm Gary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> now, Harrison, you might think the master coming back as like this weird ghost skeleton man who can eat people is a bit strange, but I'll let you know that in the past he's been a, a jelly snake, he's been thrown into fire and survived. I, I have, I am aware of the other versions of uh, the master. I oh. thought when I first watched this, I thought that's a bit odd, even for Doctor Who, but then you do see him like it's like the crispy emperor. Emperor Palpatine, um, yeah, and the jelly, the jelly snake. So you've seen, you've seen the portrait. You know what we're talking about. You've you've seen him as you know in Castrovalva. In one episode, he was just a scarecrow in a field, hanging about for about ten months, <laughs> waiting for the doctor to turn up. Wait, what? Yeah, he's got a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> I think that happened. Yeah, yeah, that is isn't yeah. The thing I love as well is that they don't make a very good job of disguising him. You know, no. like, especially. <laughs> Especially in Castrovalva, it's like, oh, I've just put a hat on him and put a beard on him. So like, what? You're the master? Well, he has been chasing you for about four episodes, you know. I, I don't want to tell you this, but I was completely fooled by that. <laughs> like, genuinely. Whereas this master just decides to dye his hair blonde. But, so, uh, is it I'm scary, sure, I'm not entirely sure why that happens. Uh, I have a feeling it was because that when they were filming, they were like, we don't want John Sim to be recognised, so they just just dyed his hair blonde. There we go. No one will ever know that's John Sim. <laughs> There's like very odd, like that that CGI shot that you sent out of the prison. It was staggeringly yeah. bad, wasn't it? <laughs> like really terrible. Yeah, it's it, it is a little bit dated. Nothing dates worse than CGI, I don't think. Oh yeah. Oh, see now. Actually, the... I recently... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, I recently rewatched the um, the two-part episode with the Slovene with a friend of mine. Oh, my. And 
when you see the prosthetics, it looks good. I mean, it still holds up. Then when they're running through the hallways, yeah. you see these jet, like CGI blobs. It's like, ooh, yeah. ooh, that might need touching up. Do you know my favorite thing about that is Harriet Jones, the way she runs. How does she there's run? Like, like, what, what are you showing? There's that favorite scene of her where she's like, ah, ah, like she's <laughs> like a gorilla or something, isn't she? Was she... <laughs> that oh, is man. Penelope Wilton. How dare you? It's just staying Penelope to oh. you, young man. <laughs> young man. Wow, you charming. <laughs> oh, okay. So these two people here, they're the cactus people. Sorry, spoiler. Spoiler. Oh, okay. I know you've got a lot to say about the, the little network of old people. Me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't know. It's, it's the thing that... That's one of the reasons I like this episode more, is because you can have those dark moments, and then the next minute you've got this. You've got June Whitfield pinching Dave Tennant's bottom. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> you know, all that stuff is just so much fun as well. And also... I apologise now, Harrison, because this is probably going to mean nothing to you, so I'm, I'm sorry. But the guy driving the bus used to be in Heidi High, which I used to watch as a kid. Heidi, Heidi High. Holy, holy, holy. Heidi High was like a sitcom in the 80s that was set in a holiday camp. And there were these two dancers. One of them was quite camp, and that's him. But it's weird because he never did anything else. So it's kind of like he <laughs> left Heidi High in 1980-something or other and then just turns up in this episode. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, let's, we'll accept this. Fine. Harrison, have you never seen Heidi High? I've never seen Heidi High. Do yourself a favour. Don't. Right? It is on Britbox. <laughs> Sorry, David. I'm going to remain silent. Well, we know we've got June Whitfield from Abfab. So. Oh, yes. So it's like sitcom <laughs> classics here. Oh. But I will say, this is all padding. Like, basically, this first episode is all padding. Yeah, but I disagree. I No, I disagree with that. Really? You don't think this is padding? Like, what, really. what has this got to do with the plot? Well, they're, they're trying to find the I, doctor, aren't they? Yeah, but I, I suppose the question is why? Why is he trying to find the doctor? Is it just because this was it? Because the woman at the beginning said, uh, I guess so. or... and I think it's the bad dreams because everyone's having them, aren't they? Every single person on earth is having them. I think he's trying to find him to. Could you imagine going to sleep and all you could hear is John Sim laughing constantly? Oh, who says that, that doesn't happen to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, also, I like the fact that you're you're saying that that's padding when you're basically knocking June Whitfield out of a job. How dare yeah, you? Uh, okay, look, th there's a difference between insulting an actress and saying that something that's written is inessential to the plot. Yeah. Uh, I, do, my... I do wonder... Oh, sorry. I, I was no, going to say, where he got the hood. I was going to say, I wonder where he got his clothes from. Like, he's just blown up a hospital. <laughs> it's true. I and reckon just... he got hold of some, some kids at the kids yeah. and then nick the hoodie uh maybe, maybe oh okay there's something really <laughs> grim about people eating food in a disgusting way isn't there i love this woman as well but she's dead now isn't she yeah yeah it is a, a fact find, harrison find doctor who oh, what are you playing i'm playing the serving woman i serve a burger and then i get killed by john sim Oh, this is disgusting. Harrison, it is a fact that every time that David and I have done one of these, he has salivated over every death count. <laughs> I'm not joking. We, we watched one which was like a murder mystery, and it ended yeah. with um, a pile of bodies as a compost heap, and he yeah. was all over that shit, I'm telling you. All, I, all I'm saying is I like a good body count. That's what I said. I like a good body count. 
funnily enough, uh, I think David, what was the episode uh, you showed me? Uh, it was the one with uh, Colin Baker. Oh, Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. You you told like the first thing you said to me was like, oh yes, there's a very high body cam in this. It's got probably got the most. And I was like, oh, okay. So you better watch yeah. how you better watch how he looks at the customers yeah. from now on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> a murderous gleam in his eye. I just like a good, you know, I just like a good body count, you know, just. As a dramatic device for suspense, yes, it is very good. You know, I like seeing people getting exterminated. It's all about, it's all about the dying for me. I like to, I like to know how an actor dies, not just fall on the floor and go, Ugh. you know, I want a good over the top. Oh, that's Death. disgusting. <laughs> he's, he's rubbing that, like, greasy wrapper all over his mouth. Yeah. But I don't know, what is this? weird glowy skeleton thing all about i fucking get that at all is it is it because the whole like the i get it like the ritual thing went wrong and he's for some reason glowy skeleton can shoot lasers out of his hands <laughs> but is this is this in a way harking back to like the crispy emperor is that like a nod to that do you think oh maybe i, I always feel like there's something a bit sort of superhero baddie about him that they were tapping into that Oh, can wow. I just say, if you haven't if you haven't got a title for this episode, can we please call it the Crispy Emperor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that close up on the skeletons was hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> that was so camp. Uh, is but is he is he no, sorry. I'm just I'll be quiet. What? Go on. I was gonna say, isn't he supposed to be a ghost? Of I of I He's a very substantial ghost. He can eat he's a whole roast yeah. chicken. I'm clearly not paying attention to the plot. No. One thing I've gathered about this doing these commentaries, Harrison, is I quite often don't understand what the hell is going on in some of these stories. Yeah. <laughs> not knock is different, I understand that perfectly, but a lot of these <clears throat> nah. You always get one person that vomits the plot. Do you notice? You get that a lot in you get that a lot in Doctor Who, but a lot in, yeah. in a lot of other things you always get one actor who just basically tells you what exactly is going on. Yeah, they, they kind of act as exposition, which is the hallmark of a lazy writer. I, yeah. I don't think you should. Yeah, if you're going to do exposition, you have to do it in a way that comes out in like natural conversation. I'd say rather that's... than being, and now we're going to pause what we're doing here to explain everything that's going on. That's definitely a weakness in the Chris Chibnall era because I feel like everyone in I, that era is exposition yeah. heavy. Oh, absolutely. I think most of Jodie Whittaker's dialogue in the Chris Chibnall era is exposition, and all her companions are just kind of like nodding, going, either, yeah. yeah, I agree, or, but what about this? And then it's like, yeah, it, it just it doesn't feel like the companions have much conflict yeah. with the Doctor in Jodie's yeah. series. Except, and it, and it's except in that last one. To... Sorry, Dave. Do you remember that last one where Yaz like went up to her and slapped her after she was away for like eight months? I was like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah, yeah. And I think as well in the Chipmunk, I find like so, you know, you always get a guest character who comes in and, and like I said, just vomits the plot on you and telling you what's kind of going on. And you know, you can imagine in the script, me like, ah, oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> you've got all the you've got all the babble. You got to. Your Mister Exposition. What's going on in this? <laughs> However, yeah, so, yeah. I will. Okay, I'm going to say something nice about that era now, though. Bradley Walsh has the Bernard Cribbins factor that every time Bradley Walsh tears come into his eyes, it breaks my heart. 
He's brilliant. Yeah, I will say Bradley was probably the... I think he was the best companion, because yeah. it felt like he had a reason to go like go on this journey. The other two, it just felt like they were tagging along. I know Yaz said that she wanted something more, but you need for a character, you need something a bit more concrete in terms of their goal. It's funny, isn't and it? Like, Yaz, I didn't really get it. Do you feel, like with the, the the companions in this series, you think of like Rose and Martha and Donna. Like they all went on a journey, didn't they? You kind of from the first episode, you knew who they were. And then that was kind of like extrapolated on as it went along. Whereas with, I'd say Moffitt's companions and Chris Chibnall's companions, I never knew who those people were really. Uh, I I would disagree. I did like uh, Moffitt's companions. I thought Amy and Rory, although they did have kind of a confusing start, it did. It was yeah. I mean, you could follow who they were as people. Their relationship, I think, was really strong. Um. Clara oh my. was a very different matter. I, um, I, it felt like she'd been set up as uh, the, like the MacGuffin. Uh-huh. Which well, she, she was, wasn't she? It, it, it is just this, it, it's like a thing that people are after. It's like an object that is, I just, I didn't like, I didn't like that she was MacGuffin and not a person. Whereas in series eight, it felt like she was being developed a bit more. Yeah. And in series nine, when she was fully developed, it was like, okay, this should have come earlier. Yeah. But then, you know, he did that thing again, didn't he? He killed her off and then he brought her back. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the Rory effect. Yeah. And then, and then you had Bill, who oh, on the Bill. last one. I absolutely loved Bill. Yes. And then they got rid of her. Uh, yeah. He blew a bloody great hole in her. Yeah. Yeah, I I will say, I, I felt with Bill, her background wasn't fully established. I felt like we got a lot out of um, who she was. I think Pearl Mackey, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, she, what she did with the material was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I felt, I felt I didn't quite know where she came from, but where she was going, I you could see which is something I enjoyed. It was that thing with her mother, wasn't it? Like they kept, they kept referring back to her mother um, mm. as not being in her. And then they did that dreadful thing that they always did in those, with the love conquers all when those monks took over and it was like, Oh, <sighs> my mom, my love for the, my mom. You, know? you had the step, you had a step mom as well, didn't you? At one point, who was, was, she, was she a step mom? Was she, she, she was horrible, wasn't she? Yeah. So I didn't mind find... her as a, Oh, no, after no you. go on, go on, go on, after you, after you, go on. I was going to say, I didn't mind her as a character. I just wish we'd seen more of their dynamic, just to kind of flesh Bill out a bit more. Yeah. I, I wish she'd just done another season. I wish Clara had gone early. I think my, <laughs> <laughs> basically, I think my thing about the Chipnall characters is there's too many of them. Yeah. And me and Harrison have spoken about this before. I think I really like Yaz, but she basically gets given nothing to do except stand there and just talk. And they, they are too busy, I mean, not, not I'm saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but they concentrate a lot more on Graham and Ryan. So it'll be good, it'll be interesting to see in the new series, yeah. because there's only now two of them. I, I, I did know, feel like just... they, they redressed the balance a little bit in the series 12, that she had more to do in that second series, and certainly more than she did in the first, because she did mm. sod all in that first series. Can we just pause for a second and 
admire Dolan Noble, who, no. in my eyes, oh, is still yeah. the best companion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she is one of the best arcs as a companion, like how she starts off, like, just wanting, like, she wants to see the world, but it's, when she gets to see it, it's, she gets a different perspective of it, and you, yeah. you get that whole character growth, and then right at the end, she has to have that all removed. It's like, no! It's how, heartbreaking, isn't it? How did you oh. feel about that? Because a lot of people objected to that, him taking that away from her. I mean, if it had been, if it had been Rose, no one would have cared. No, I'm joking, but I don't mean that. I don't mean that. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, no, I'm joking. No, I, I I thought it was devastating. I think, and and as I was saying earlier about um like Matt Swift and stuff, when they announced she was going to be the assistant, like the new full time assistant, I was like, no, this is the worst idea you could possibly have done. Really didn't like her Runaway Bride. Awful. Two minutes into Partners in Crime, I was like, I love She's her. Amazing. I take it all back. She's the best assistant we've ever had. And do you remember, yeah. um, Harrison, do you remember Turn Left, the one that was all about Donna? Um, oh, my God, I love that episode. How good was that? Like, like she carried the show. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can we just I, do a commentary I, for that? Well, turn <laughs> yeah, we should, we, let's focus back on this. Um, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. okay, but, I mean, but, but th there's a good point to be made here in that uh, a lot of this when you think of the narrative of this story a lot of this is extraneous material so we kind of can talk over it and still get to the plot <laughs> so this yeah this scene here with david Tennant, and yeah this is i think i i mentioned this at the beginning the whole oh i'm gonna die and uh mm. when i regenerate and some new man saunters off and he's very bitter about it and again mm. there's been a whole legacy of doctors before him so why does he feel like regenerating again is going to like what does this doctor feel like he's going to lose i think i know what the problem is you know i think that not only has david Tennant been so successful in the role but the rusty davis era has been so successful with the public that both rusty davis david Tennant, and the doctor have bought into the myth that this is the best the series has ever been and it's all downhill from here on and he just doesn't want to go <laughs> that's it might as well cancel the series Oh, I'd love a throw like that. I must say as well, we, I know we, we talked over it, but that scene between... That's, a, that's one thing I love about this two episodes, uh, Bernard and David Tennant together. Oh, because, I mean, terrific. talk about turn left, I mean, that scene where Bernard says about the labour camps, oh, yeah. you know, is is just shocking. And that that's a, that's a really lovely scene that where he's talking about Donna and how she's okay. and, and Oh, hello, Timothy. Um, uh, you know how and how it kind of she her life is back to normal, but there's still something missing. And I and I think I just think Bernard is sensational. And I'm I'm just gonna just talk about how much I love Bernard. Anyway, okay. Enough about me. <laughs> well, in the in the second episode, um, they have a scene up on the spaceship, and I think it's one of the best active moments in Doctor Who, where they're talking about he's talking about his wartime history, and he gives the Doctor the gun, and he says, you know. Like, don't you dare choose the master over. It's just beautiful. So for all the pomp and circumstances in these two episodes, and there is a lot of flab and there is a lot of, like, overhype, there is some really decent character moments as well. Mm. This, however, is not one of them. <laughs> I think this is just the spectacle we're seeing. Yeah. But, like... So the Doctor and the Master are face to face. Why does this not end the story? Like, surely this should be the climax of the story. 
just end there. That's it. Titles right. <laughs> and why are those electric bolts not, you know, frying him alive? Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious where these electric bolts are coming from. Like, how is he generating this power? Well, he did eat a burger. He yeah, did eat a burger. Yeah. <laughs> He's expending the calories. <laughs> Oh, I wish. <laughs> a few calories and that's it, he's off. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask this question. You probably wish I don't, but I'm going to. Um, Rusty Davis, I feel, did lead into a certain homoerotic subtext between the Doctor and the Master. As I knew you were going to ask this question. I'm sorry, I just knew it. As exemplified just... by the moment where they're on the phone in the sound of drums and he's like, Doctor, Master, I love it when you say my name. You know, it's like, it's... It's pretty blatant. Okay, you've both gone quiet. I was pondering, I was pondering on this. Okay. I mean, it's, there's a lot of that, though, isn't there? I mean, you look at, maybe not so much, not as much as, as it here, but, you know, like, if you look at Capaldi and Missy, yeah, and, and especially, and also I think Jodie and Sasha, like, the, the two of them bounce off so well together. But I do agree that it's a bit more heightened here. I'm going to use the word heightened. <laughs> I don't object. I just, I don't, I wouldn't want it to be like blatant. Like when Missy kisses the doctor, I'm like, that's too much. Like, I don't need to see that. Yeah, but that's probably Michelle Gomez just, that probably wasn't even in the script. <laughs> Michelle probably, you know, probably just did that. Oh, I can imagine she would, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> She's pretty eccentric, isn't she? <laughs> Oh my god, oh, I love her so much. What if I, ask you for help? I won't tell my Michelle Gomez story, I'll, I will save it for off camera, but yeah, she's what? mental. Have you met her? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh my god, why does that sound like a dodgy encounter? No, it's no, it is. <laughs> she's just, she, she had rabbit ears. David, on. David, what did she do to you? Yeah, what have you <laughs> been doing with Michelle Gomez, David? <laughs> The question I get often asked. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Have either of you two seen uh, John Sim in anything else? I saw him in that. Uh, what was the show called? Um, Live on Mars. Oh, I never watched that. Was that any good? I I remember enjoying this. Um, to be honest, I I can't remember where it went. It's, then, it's, do you know what? Been Harrison, years, it's been years since I've seen it. I'm not going to consider that an endorsement of the show that you can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> good start. It's a good start. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. I'm sorry. John Sim, I think, is one of those actors, though, that you kind of. It, it, I haven't seen him in anything else except Doctor Who, but he's done a lot of things. Like, he does a lot of ITV dramas, you know, like. Mm. Like, as well as Life on Mars and stuff like that, and I've I'm, I've never seen him in anything else, which is bad, really, because I should, because he's done a lot. But I mean, I heard that that he didn't so much enjoy doing this one because of like the constant costume changes and things like that. But it didn't put him off because he came back, didn't he? Um, in World Enough of Time in Series Ten. Mm. Money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I did, I did love him in World Enough of Time. I... But like, I, know, I just, I... huh? Well, can you believe they, they spoiled it in the trailer, didn't they, that he was going to be in it? Yeah, I, to be honest, they spoiled it in the trailer, and then as I was watching the episodes, 
I didn't twig on that it was him. I was I was kind of waiting around, like, okay, where's the master? He's going to show up at some point. And then eventually, it was it was the scene when he was with Missy, like he first came into the room with the gun. I was like, oh, it's him. See, uh, until, I didn't get it until he pulled the mask off. That's how dunce I am. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I do think though. Imagine if that had not been announced. Like, imagine if we yeah. had watched that episode and we'd gone, "Oh, look at that weird little man in the hospital." And then it was it, that would have been so amazing. Like I that still, would have, oh, that would have blown up the internet. I think. It would have. It would have. But instead, spoilers. Uh, but I think that's the other thing about the Moffat era was everything had to get announced. Well, that's Maybe one thing. Of, that's one thing that Chibnall does really well, isn't it? Is that 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 yeah. master reveal in Spyfall was brilliantly done, I thought. And I had no clue that Sasha Duan was going to be the master. I had, unless I'm just really stupid. No, I didn't. I didn't think that. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know either. Um, yeah, I felt it came out of. I liked him in the episode, but then when he was revealed as the master, it got a bit goofy. It was only in the episode after I was like, "Oh, okay, I can yeah. I can see where they're going with this." Now here is the person that I probably love more than anyone else in the entire world. Not Sylvia, no. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to tell you a story about her, and it's probably gonna take up to the rest of this episode. Oh, but I, I don't care. Okay, Harrison, so, David does this. At least he drops names like you would not believe. No, right. This is the nicest story ever. I think Harrison, Harrison might know the story. Anyway, so one day I, I used to do backstage at a Magic. My dad's a magician. This is right. unrelevant to the story. And she came and saw it. And I was like, oh, my God, you're Jacqueline King. You played Sylvie Dot Who. And she said yes and chatted. Went to a convention a couple of years later and she recognised me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I never get recognised before. And she was doing it a few other times. And then... In about 2017, she came to where I used to work in the theatre mm. and she walked in and I handed her a key and said, oh, good morning kind of stuff. And, you know, I didn't think, I thought, oh, she's not going to know who I am because she meets thousands of Doctor Who fans. So I did that. And then she walked back out and she said, oh, hello, David. How are you? Sorry, I didn't recognise you. And gave me the biggest hug I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, and basically on. said, oh, you've got to show me around Cambridge. We've got to go, for, you know, have a look around Cambridge. And so this whole week she was here. She was she was coming over. She was giving everybody hugs. Hello, you know all this stuff. And my friend who works at this was a massive Doctor Who fan. And I said, "Oh, would you mind if you met her after one of the shows?" She said, "Yes, yeah, of course. Bring her around." So I brought her around, and my friend was just like, "I'm, I'm pulling like a sh just she just couldn't speak." <laughs> anyway, cut forward to about 2019, and she's doing a play in London. I thought, "Oh, I'll go and see her in it." So went to see her went around afterwards and I'd got like a little bottle or something just to say well done because I'm a creep like that um and she just went and she was like oh thank you that's really kind the next day she phoned up where I worked so she phoned up the, so she I was on the phone and she said oh hello she went is David there and the guy who owns, owns the theatre is called David so I was like oh she wants to speak to like you know higher up uh-huh so I said, I said, oh, I'll just pass you through to the chief executive. She said, no, 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 he's not a chief executive. No, he's, um, no, he were, he, he's a Doctor Who fan. I was like, oh, well, that's me. She was like, oh, hello, darling. I just wanted to say thank you for the bottle. Like, the, oh, and I'm not joking. Oh. At this time, there was a queue of people waiting to get through. I was like, they can wait. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chatting to Sylvia Noble. I don't care it anymore. But that's the thing, right, is that she plays, yeah, the ultimate bitch queen in this. 
And yet, in yeah. every interview I've ever seen her do, she's so charming. She is. She's the, and, I, and this this is the thing. I think we were talking about this before conventions and stuff because I've been to quite a few of them, and like I never expect actors. If I've met them more than once, I never expect them to remember me because they meet thousands of people. You know, that you get some fans who go, "Oh, I met you in 1982 and whatever." And so the fact that she remembered me was like amazing. But yeah, just going around Cambridge, going punting with Sylvia Noble, being like, <laughs> "What's what wrong with me?" I went punting so, with Sylvia Noble. Oh my god, she's oh she's so she's I love her so much. See, uh, if she ever does, a, if Harrison, she ever does a convention, I don't. I don't have uh, any actor stories like this. I don't meet anybody. Do you? Me? Yeah. No, no or, or me. I haven't, I haven't met. No, I haven't. Oh well, I had. Uh, wow, thank I, you. For, that's. I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed our <laughs> signing day out. <laughs> oh well, well, I didn't really talk to them. I just said hello. I, well, I met uh, Arthur Darville and. Uh, just said hello, enjoyed you in Dr. Faustus, and he was like, Oh, thanks, mate. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. But um, there was an actor I did meet. I, I, I just, uh, I think we met at, um, I, was, I was used to do a drama, a drama school thing, okay. and he came along and he, um, he was in, oh, God, what was the film called? Oh, we're talking, oh, we're no, talking films. This is The King's. Oh, okay, yeah. He was one of the recruits in the Kingsman, and he came in. So, yeah, he was. Um, oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a really nice guy. Really lovely. Whereas I'm too scared to meet my heroes because I I have this thing about the if if they're really awful and there is some stories about some actors that have been in Doctor Who that are fairly eccentric and can be pretty horrid um, that I'm never going to want to watch them again. I know that's ridiculous, but yeah, that's me. Look at her! Look, she's oh, oh, she's I, I love her so much because she, she's just in real life. She's like the most smiliest. Like I remember, I remember, I remember when she rang up. I had I was having the worst day of my life, and just getting to chat to Sylvia Noble for like ten minutes. Like I nearly, I nearly died and went to heaven. In fact, I probably did die and go to heaven. Did that turn it into, the, into the best day of your life? Yeah, and then came and then came back to have a break and then carried on working. <laughs> Oh my God, Bernard Cribbins is in the TARDIS. That's all we need. No. That's why they should end the story and they should go off and have more adventures together. Yeah. I'm kind of pleased that they didn't... <laughs> they, they, they lean into the idea that um, Donna's going to remember everything, don't they, at the end of this. But I'm glad they didn't go there, but they didn't rewrite that ending. Hmm. It would have taken the impact out of the uh, Series 4 ender. Which Moffat probably would have done. Oh, for if sure. If this had been a Moffat for story, sure. he would have gone, oh, they're all, it's all bad, someone she's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she I mean, would that's have... what he did do, though. Yeah. He did that with uh, the Clara, like, doctor, uh, the Doctor forgot Clara. Went a season without yeah. Clara, and then at the end remembered her. Oh, Which that's right. didn't really do anything for the story. It was just like, uh, oh, and now you remember this companion you forgot for a season. Had Moffat Only written this. We started on Maisie Williams. Oh, no, don't know. Oh, good grief. I'm me. You're not love. You're not called me. But I'm me. You're not me. You're not me. You mean there's people out there that are clamouring for the Clara and me spin-off, where they go around in a in a time-travelling diner? I'd rather not think very much. <laughs> there are people actually clamouring for that. I, well, I've heard of people mm -hmm. suggest that it should exist. Oh, wow. On the back of class, I think we should not be doing spin-offs ever again. Yeah, I, I 
yeah, class is an interesting case. Did you watch all that? Was of all it? written by one person, wasn't it? Patrick Ness, yeah. who's mainly done novels, I think. Did you watch like the whole the whole series of class? I I did. I got it's, um, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> There's a mutual understanding here. Uh, well, yeah. I I got to the bit where like the kids were all having sex, and I was like, "What's well, that? I don't want to watch this." <laughs> I just I didn't really grasp any of the characters. I didn't really like any of the characters. <laughs> the, oh no, the only character I really liked was Quill. I think her name was. Oh, the, she was the the really prickly teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked her. I liked the. My favourite thing in class was just the episode that focused on her, and right. she went through like all these different like worlds with these this group of people. Oh, it I, was I don't know. If it I was so bizarre and abstract, but yeah. Is that the one where she's pregnant? She does get pregnant by the end of the episode. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I remember the actress saying she was pregnant in real life, and they were like, "Don't worry, we'll write it in." I've I've never watched class, so that's all I know that she's pregnant in one episode. So, um, yeah. um, cactus people. Any thoughts? <laughs> I think they're quite Banacamalata. Banacamalata yeah. spade green, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna bring that up. Like they had cactus people before, so they bring them back, but green. Yeah. And do you must know, be from like a similar, yeah, similar they, race. They couldn't even do that as or... like a as a makeup job. They had to CGI the green. So that's that's actually a, like oh, a. Is that is that why the green looks a bit off? Wait, yeah. I never. Oh, it's the chicken. Wait. Oh no, it's the what? chicken scene. Yeah, it's it's green. Hang on, hang on. My, sorry, my brain's just gone. Wait, so that that green isn't actually painted on. It the, is... Oh no, no, no. They they, they were painted green, but to do the scene yeah. with like the head and everything, uh, there's there's a lot of CGI there as well. So it's a mixture of the two. Oh okay. Oh, I thought you meant they were pink, and then they just had the green stuff on it. Oh, maybe I don't know. There's maybe. a there's a confidential on this, you know. Why well, you stick it on afterwards? We'll, we'll do the commentary for that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now excuse me. They're, look, they're introducing the old doors here very early. This is Chekhov's glass doors, so we know they're going to be important later on. I don't remember that in the cherry orchard. <laughs> no, well. I'm I've actually lost track here. Why does why does he want the why does he want the master for this machine? What is the machine? Oh, for, is it for his to... daughter, isn't it? To make a to make a, a, a beautiful. I mean, you're not. I'm saying she's ugly, but isn't this, isn't it to do with that that he's like, oh, it's not for me. It's for my daughter to make her live forever. Uh, what? I think. Why? Oh, the immortality gate. Okay, there it is. That's it. Yeah, the yeah. There we go. Not for me, but for my daughter. I mean, immortality. God, I remember part of the plot. I'm Surely. so touched by this. Immortality in this world. I mean, can you see where we're going? That would be a curse and not a blessing. I'm telling you. Yeah. But these two, um, what's his name? Mr. Naismith and his daughter. They really are like extraneous, aren't they? Like they barely. They're not really needed, are they? They're, they're kind of just there. It feels. A lot of this episode does feel a bit contrived, like it feels like things are being set up. Yeah. But you, you couldn't quite, it, it doesn't quite work. I don't know. Well, what's weird is when you skip into the part two, um, suddenly it's like all plot, 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 plot. Uh, there's the, the diamond being sent uh, to Earth. 
there's the dogfight in space there's the confrontations it, it literally just goes at a, a rate of knots whereas i find this one really slow do you think that's because it's a it, this is this was on christmas day because they often say don't they that the christmas day episodes they want to try and make them you know not 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 so much dark but they kind of want to make them a bit more fun i know but like in in the doctor's last story you shouldn't be screaming oh get on with it and die already you know like... <laughs> i thought if you'd written the scripts just get on and die yeah well no because the original no, do you know what the original idea for this episode was it was supposed to be a spaceship in space which the doctor landed on and it was just a family and it was all going to be contained in one spaceship where he had to rescue this family and sacrifice his life and it was going to be this tiny contained story in like 45 minutes and then it became this somehow didn't they do a thing where trinity wells was supposed to be an assistant oh that would have been fun so the news reader who just keeps popping up what the uh, the american one mm. yeah i feel like i read somewhere uh, probably i don't know where it was but I, I have a feeling they said they were gonna meet they were gonna do a story where david Tennant met trinity wells and they did an adventure together and have i made that up probably no no i think they were gonna do a single episode which was like a day in the life of trinity wells uh, they never got around so. oh what similar to um what love and monsters with uh, elton yeah very similar so, oh, did, did you like that one I, I've got to say, I don't dislike it as much as some people do. I, I think there's some really good things in it. And yeah, I just think if it was tightened up a bit. Peter Kay in a rubber monster suit. <laughs> okay. Okay. First off, that creature was designed by, what was it, a, a nine-year-old? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I will say, yeah. I like the concept of the monster. The execution uh -huh. was not there like now didn't, didn't, they could probably do they, it now couldn't they with cgi yeah It'd be really good didn't, wasn't there a story that he arrived on set the little boy and they were like here's the costume and he's like no it's supposed to be the size of a bus and they're like, <laughs> oh, well, well can't afford that you ungrateful little gear that was the intention, <laughs> yeah. yeah i think because i think i quite enjoy because other monsters is one of those stories i think when it went out i was like hey this is rubbish but watching it again i really like it i think up until peter k becomes the monster I really like it and as victor kennedy he's quite scary he's quite kind of like he does the sort of good job of making it a bit sort of um what the word is sinister that's the word i was looking for sinister but the minute he just becomes adorable if you're like oh, okay silly now come on peter k running around in cardiff if, I, th I reckon if they'd kept with the prosthetic uh well I, if they sorry the, had they done something more with his face that made it look a bit scarier yeah. um and maybe if he kept that Victor Kennedy presence about him, even while he was this like mm. grotesque monster, I don't know. Maybe that would have been quite sinister. Like, it might have been even funnier, but I don't know. Instead, he goes all like tears like chicken. You know, it's like he goes all yeah, yeah. Rex kind of like it's just, yeah, it's just deflated a bit. But there is something. I know we're not at all talking about end of time now, but there is something. We're not in, talking about end of time at all. Are in, we? In, <laughs> no, well, no, but we will in part two. There's much more that happens in part two. He's but, doing this deliberately because he doesn't like this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to watch it and enjoy it. And... Well, we can just watch it and not talk if you like. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very funny commentary. Um, 
But what Love and Monsters does one thing that I love, and that is um, it completely explores the idea of grief and losing people. And that's yeah. that's just something that Moffat just would not do. He always made death something that you could come back from. Whereas Rusty Davis said to kids, you know what? People die. And I think that's mm. a useful thing to tell children. Sorry, I just, I'm, I'm loving this Barack Obama lookalike. It's just... <laughs> You know. I, I was gonna I was gonna say I disagree with um, that point. He has he has dealt with grief in some of his episodes. Um one that I really liked was oh, what was it? Oh Heaven Sent. Either Heaven Sent or yeah, Heaven Sent. I think that one was brilliant. I, I actually really liked the episode before when Clara dies and it's like, it's actually quite moving and sad. But then he undoes it. And then it and then they bring her back. Yeah, so like, it almost you like could, you should have just left her dead. That would have been the best exploration of grief, I think, in the entire show. But he had to undo it. It's annoying. Yeah. Right, get get Bernard. Sorry, get Bernard in there. We don't want him turning into the master, please. Thank you very much. We don't want Bernard Cribbins to turn into Johnson. No, thank you. Yeah, look at that. Sorry, that's that's that looks nothing like Barack Obama, does it? No. <laughs> Is that the first time we've had like a proper political figure in Doctor Who, David? Like ever? Uh, possibly. I'm trying to think. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Chris Knopf's character in the Chimney Era. That's clearly supposed to be some dreadful, like Trump analogy, isn't it? Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It feels. It feels like with the um, with the Russell T. Davis era, it was kind of it's in its own contained universe. Yeah, where mm. things that happened in Doctor Who happened, like the whole the ship crashing into Big Ben, and all these things are happening, and then all of that's undone when Matt Smith comes along, and then it's set in its another like pocket universe that yeah, is yeah, Matt yeah. Smith's Doctor Who, and then we get to Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall's era, and it's like okay, let's set this in the real world. And they almost forget about the times that came before, and it's, uh -huh. yeah. It's, I, mean, I think I it, it like is good. It, it is good that they reset it. I think in Matt Smith's time, because like you don't want the weight of that whole era behind you if you're trying to do something fresh and new. Sorry, I just love the fact that he's like, "Not now, Winston. Like, get, just get off the phone, Winston." <laughs> this, this guy. Can you imagine doing these costume changes in a minute for for John Sim? I think the thing I liked about the Rusty Davis series, I liked it when they got, you know, people who were newsreaders in to do bits of news reading in Doctor Who. You know, like, I always remember Kirsty Walk, who does Newsnight, when she does about the Sontaran. Like, I think for me, that always made it slightly more real. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the thing you think, yeah, this is ridiculous, this would never happen. But it kind of made it a bit more real getting... Sorry, I've got to do BBC it. News. You're doing it. He's, he's going to turn into John Simmer any minute, I'm, I can, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, it's it's so ridiculous, isn't it? It's beyond ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Doctor Who is ridiculous a lot of the time. Like this is no more ridiculous than some of the other things they've done. Do you remember that that giant planet that turned into like a sun god in Matt Smith's time, with a big pumpkin face? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Did I miss that? What's that? What episode? Yeah, that? the the Rings it's... of Akatin. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we like to forget yeah. that one. <laughs> and kill the moon. And the you power of singing made it go away. 
Oh, I know your thoughts on Kill, Kill the Moon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I rather like that one. Of course oh. I do. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> That's the worst option ever, in my opinion. Whatever. Do the impression. Do, what? I don't you, know what... what you know what impression of Orphan 55? You know the impression. Oh. <laughs> I, I, actually can't, I actually can't remember. <laughs> which, which, which one of you? Which one of you? Hurt my Benny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Benny! Benny! You hurt my Benny! <laughs> God, that's it. I love oh, it when I'm she kidding. says, "We're getting him back." <laughs> oh, she was dreadful, wasn't she? Oh, oh it's just the whole episode was just everything. All her lines were just Benny. <laughs> I don't know why no one in the writers' room looked at that and went, "We probably should give her more than just saying Benny." Benny. <laughs> and that bit, the bit where she dies, and she's like, "Benny," it's so funny. No, when she's like walking towards them, I'm like, well, what are you trying to achieve here? And she's like, Benny, is that you? Benny! <laughs> <laughs> Harrison, it's like she's in the room. That's frightening. Here to the... I remember watching it with a friend of mine. He was like, well, to be fair, the actress isn't given much to do. I was like, I don't think it's the part. I'm just going <laughs> to say that now. I... <laughs> do you know this this whole I don't, sequence? I don't Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. No, you go. I was going to say, I don't dislike the actress. I just think, I actually think, had she been given more, there might have been. She could have given out a good performance. But as it stands, all she was given was saying her husband's name over <laughs> and over <laughs> and over again. That was her yeah, character yeah. development because it got generally more hysterical as it went on. <laughs> yeah, every uh, time she said her name. Oh. That whole set piece there with everyone becoming the master, do you think that was entirely set up for the gag of him saying, the master race? Because that's, that's not a bad line. Uh, I do like that. <laughs> right, this right, this bit. Mm. Hold on. Are we, are we coming up to this bit? Yeah, we're coming up to this bit. End I'd like to think time. that behind the camera, there are people with ponchos. Why? Because like, if you watch Timothy Dalton, he spits so much. Like, I can imagine they've got the camera there ready and they've all got umbrellas or like little ponchos just there. Look. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. I don't know, though. This is a good cliffhanger. Like, Gallifrey's back. I think, yeah, it's a good cliffhanger, but everything leading up to it isn't particularly yeah. great. It's, it is a bit contrived and. Overlong? Uh, it is overlong, isn't it, this first it's, half? It's a bit bloated, yeah. I, I, I'm a bit confused on everyone's goals as well. So Bernard wanted to find the Doctor because everyone was having bad dreams. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Doctor is told by the Ood that the Master's returning. Yeah. So he's off to find the Master. Bernard's trying to find the Doctor. They end up meeting and then talking about the potential that he's going to regenerate at some point. All very sad. And then, how do we get from there to, and now we must go to... Um, to Gallifrey. <laughs> no, not Gallifrey. We need to go to, what was it? The, uh, oh, I can't remember. The, the person who wants his daughter to stay oh, alive. Uh, Mr. Mr. Naismith. Yeah, how do we get there? I don't know. But don't they kidnap him? <laughs> don't they kidnap him, the master? Um, well, they kidnap the master, but how does the doctor find the master? Isn't it by the TARDIS? 
Well, they meet yeah, in that, that in that wasteland. Don't they? <laughs> they meet in that wasteland where it was like firing all the bolts at him. Oh, I don't. Know. Joseph, the homoerotic scenes. Yes. Oh, yes. It's their chemistry. They're drawn to each other That's across space and time. Right. <laughs> you are, you are right, there, Harrison. I think, I think, I think essentially that episode could be about twenty minutes long. And I know, David, you'd lose all of the old people. And yeah, poor Jim Whitfield would be out of a job. But yeah, it does take a little while to get going. I will I will say I do love the character moments in it. I just think the plot doesn't really work with what they're going for. Like those like micro relationships that go on. Yeah. And 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 how it all fits together. It's like a weird jigsaw, isn't it? Of mm. different bits. Well, I tell you what, let's skip into episode two. And see if things improve. Let's do it. I might have a glass or something, so I'm just going to go and grab a drink. <laughs> 